Chapter sixty nine of The Story of the Thirteen Colonies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. The Story of the Thirteen Colonies by h a gerber the fight at bennington while washington was spending the rest of the winter at morristown the news of his triumphs reached france franklin had been sent there in seventeen seventy six to secure help if possible his reputation as a man of science his great talents and his affable manners made him a great favorite in Paris, where the fashionable ladies and gentlemen carried fans and snuff-boxes decorated with his portrait. But although both king and queen received Franklin very graciously, they would not at first promise him any aid. A young French nobleman named Lafayette, longing to help the Americans, now decided to leave his young wife and home but as the king forbade him to leave court he secretly embarked upon a vessel he fitted out himself and crossed the atlantic then as soon as he landed he went straight to congress and offered to help the united states without pay a few days later he met washington whose helper he became and who soon learned to love him as dearly as if he had been his own son several other illustrious foreigners came in the same way to fight for america and freedom the bravest among them were the germans de kalb and steuben and the poles pulaski and kosciusko it is said that when kosciusko first presented himself and was asked what he could do he briefly answered try me this reply so pleased washington that he made the young man his aide-de-camp washington's victories at trenton and princeton and his return toward new york could not divert howe from his purpose to secure philadelphia when summer came on therefore he set out with his fleet to take that city washington began retracing his steps and knowing that howe could not sail up the delaware which was defended by forts went to meet him at chad's ford on the brandywine here a battle was fought, and not only were the Americans defeated, but Lafayette was sorely wounded. Although beaten, Washington's army retreated in good order to Philadelphia, which was soon taken by Howe and the British forces. Hoping to drive them away, Washington surprised them one morning at Germantown. Here he would have won a brilliant victory, had not a dense fog made two divisions of his men shoot each other before they discover their mistake thus creating a panic as there was nothing to be gained by fighting with exhausted troops washington now withdrew and before long went to valley forge for the winter meanwhile howe attacked the forts on either side of the delaware river one of these held out bravely for six days refusing to surrender until it had been battered to pieces then as one fort alone could not check the british fleet 
the second surrendered also hoping to damage some of the british vessels at philadelphia the patriots made rude torpedoes which were placed inside of small kegs and sent floating down the river one of these engines struck a cake of ice and exploded and the british thus warned of danger shot at every floating object they saw thus waging what has been called in fun the battle of the kegs the british having nothing else to do now settled down comfortably in philadelphia where they lived on the very best of everything they spent most of their time giving balls and parties and grew so fat and lazy that as franklin wittily said how has not taken philadelphia so much as philadelphia has taken how this remark proved true for although the plan had been that howe should march northward he was delayed by washington until it was almost too late besides we are told that the british general never received positive orders to go north for the paper being badly written was laid aside to be copied and forgotten until too late meanwhile the british again tried to carry out their plan of invading new york from canada this time while one army started from lake ontario for the mohawk valley burgoyne came southward up lake champlain with british and indian troops and took forts ticonderoga and edward this was considered a great victory in england and when king george heard that ticonderoga was taken he clapped his hands and shouted i have beat them i have beat all the americans this was not true however but general schuyler sent to oppose burgoyne had so small a force that all he could do was to hinder the enemy's advance by cutting down trees and destroying bridges the king's advisers had told burgoyne to hire indians to help him and in spite of all he could do to prevent it these savage allies fought with their usual cruelty they even killed and scalped jane mccrae a beautiful young lady who it is said was on her way to meet a british officer to whom she was engaged when this man saw her long golden locks among the scalps the indians brought back he left the army and spent the rest of his life alone mourning for his betrothed after taking the two forts burgoyne hearing that there were cannon and stores at bennington vermont sent part of his german troops thither to secure them but when his men drew near this place they found it ably defended by general stark even as a boy this american patriot had always shown great courage and presence of mind once when a prisoner of the indians and forced to run the gauntlet stark snatched a club from one of his captors and struck right and left with such vigor that he dealt more blows than he received later on he also did many brave deeds during the french and indian wars when the germans drew near bennington stark led his men against the foe crying there they are boys we beat them to-day or molly stark's a widow the men fired by his example fought so bravely that they soon won a signal victory as washington said this was a grand stroke for the germans were almost all captured or killed while only a few of the americans were lost we are told that one old man had five sons in this battle on the morrow a neighbor wishing to break the news of one son's death 
gently said, One of your sons has been unfortunate. Did he run away, or neglect his duty? The father quickly asked. No, worse than that. He has fallen, but while fighting bravely. Ah, said the father, then I am satisfied. For the old man was such a good patriot that he was quite willing his sons should die for their country, and considered that only traitors and cowards needed pity. End of chapter 69 Recording by Greg Giordano Newport Ritchie, Florida